This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. If you are an NBA nut the way I am, you know these two guys. You know them. They used to bang on their heads every time they scored. They had all of the energy of the gods, and they won sometimes as well. And now they're doing a little something different. Let me welcome to the show for the first time. They're calling themselves the Knuckleheads. We're going to talk about that in a late in, in a minute. Let's welcome Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. Welcome. Thank you. All right, brothers. Look at y'all. All right, all grown up. Now I remember. Uh, I'm going to start with Darius because you barely had could grow facial hair. Now you yeah. got like a full beard. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm growing it out so I won't look like a baby. Yeah, th- this this journey. Um, how crazy is it before we get into the podcast, you know, drafted NBA, which is the, you know, the hoop dreams of most kids growing up uh, in this country. They want to play all ages and races want to play in the NBA. You got to do that. And then it didn't end the way it should have, in my opinion, injury and some other drama. Talk a little bit about that and how you got through it. Uh, the injuries at the end. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, how I got through it, uh, it was hard. You know, I had to persevere through it. It, it. it took a minute, you know, but sometimes when you be in deep depression or you be so deep in something that you played your whole life that, that just get took away from you, sometimes it take a while. And sometimes when you look up years, then went by. But uh, luckily I had uh, good friends in, in Q and other people to uh, kind of get that spirit back in me. And now you seeing me doing podcasts and stuff like that, that I thought I'd never be doing. All right, so Q, Quentin, how did this podcast thing come to be? We gotta unmute. So so first rule number one in podcasting, leave your mic open. But um, so it started off uh, a few years back. I had done a story, a letter to my younger self with the Players Tribune. And then um, it was kind of telling my story on uh, uh, my journey and stuff like that. And like Dee said, I was, uh, we stayed connected. And when he was ready to, you know, tell his story and uh, kind of let people know what was going on with him, I told him that we should use the Players Tribune. I had a contact that I was a real tight friend with that I knew before he got there. And um, that was kind of how that relationship started. But I was like the, what was it? the the co-executive writer or whatever with your story. I did something. I would like to ride along basically for his story. And um, they kind of got to see our chemistry and how we were around each other. And they saw that it was, you know, it was a real deal. We've been knowing each other over 25 years. So it was what you see is what you get. And they were like, yo, man, I think, you know, you, you guys got a great chemistry and got something. I was talking to my man, Chris, Chris Bernard, and we were going back and forth about what could we do and what could we do next? And, you know, we stumbled across the podcast idea that which D Miles was completely, totally against originally. He just, you know, it wasn't something that he ever saw himself doing. But um, obviously we kind of, we, we we massaged the situation and he got comfortable enough with it that, that we gave it a, gave it a try. And um, it's been one of the best things we, we, we've done so far. What is, so, you know, when I look at, you know, Chris Weber and uh, Jalen Rose, who has, evolved into being an amazing uh you know commentator of course kenny smith with with charles barkley and shaq you know that's some of the best television that's some of the best you know chemistry you see anywhere 
on yeah. any cable outlet, right? Or any news outlet. What is knuckleheads? What are you guys talking about? Listen, now we cover everything they talking about, but we talk about, we, we get a little bit more intimate than those guys. I mean, because it's a television network and they have certain, you know, standards and things and that they have to stick to, uh, we, we dive a little deeper. They deal with basically current basketball games and the games that are going on right now, things that are really current. A lot of our, a lot of our uh, conversations are evergreen. They don't really have to be in a time period. We can, we can talk about it and listen to it at any time. It's not relevant to what's going on right now. Sometimes some little bits, tidbits get, get beat, uh, can be relevant to what's going on right now. But in a nutshell, when you, when you come listen to us, man, you're going to get the, you know, your favorite hoopers and you're going to really get real, real organic stories that you wouldn't get from nowhere else because they sitting down, they talking with their peers. And a lot of the stories we've been privy to by, by either being there or knowing one way or the other by this, this is a fraternity and we all kind of know each other. So, we get to dive into those stories. Obviously, the, the good-hearted, fun-spirited ones that are that are, uh, you know, appropriate. All right. So, Darius, talk to me as if you want me to listen. Like, tell me something in one of your episodes of Knuckleheads that gonna make me go, "I got to listen to this." Uh, this is about, like he said, a, a fraternity. Uh. I feel like everybody who make it in the NBA, they are special. It's only a, a certain amount of us. You know, it's only 4,000, maybe 5,000 of us who ever. Give me some tea, Darius. Don't give me the, the elevator pitch. Tell me <laughs> something that's in an episode that will make me like, oh, I have to listen to the uh, rest of this. Well, one of the good things, one of my favorite things from one of the episodes is uh, Big Baby Davis talking about how uh, he grew up with Simone Augustus and uh he was so excited to spend a night over a house that he peed on a couch bed. And, and that's just a story. And we had Simone on this, this, this season and uh, she recapped it and tell us what told us what really happened from what big baby says. So I think that's some exciting stuff that be happening. It is Simone, Simone Augustus pop say that he owe us a let out couch. You got to replace that. <laughs> and he, he could do that. I mean, who, who pees when they're excited? Okay. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm intrigued now. I'm intrigued. All right. So how much of like your personal background, Darius and, and Quentin, how much do you bring to this? Cause I'm also thinking about the shop, which LeBron and you know, they're, they're interviewing people and it's amazing, but again, it's also television. So how gritty, how, how, how deep does this get? You know, everything is real. We don't, we don't, you know, we're not, faking it or, or telling any fake stories or sensationalizing anything. I think that was a good thing that's about the story that he brought up with Big Baby because we had Big Baby on two seasons ago and now we have Simone Augustus on and she's telling the same story and it's, you know, it's like, we don't, I mean, I think who me and Darius are and who we've been known to be, that's why we can get the guests and the people we can get because we, they know who we are and they know we, we straight shooters, we not cutting corners. We're not trying to do anything for clickbait. Everything that you see and you get from us is 100% real and organic. And it's, it's just what it is. When we get them in that zone and we talking and we hanging out, these are the type of stories that come out. And, and Did you bring Brand Was Brandy on this season, Quentin? No, ma'am. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So Dar Darius, Darius, of, of, the, of the people that you want to interview that you haven't yet, who's on the list? Uh, Michael Jordan, uh, Barack Obama. Okay, you all right? Y'all going for Barack? Just, he should be available right now. He's got a book coming out. 
today. Yeah. It's like, I would love to talk basketball with Barack Obama. And, you know, everybody want to have Michael Jordan. And a current player that's a GOAT is LeBron James. We would love to have LeBron James on the show and hear him just talk about some of the stories that he had to talk about. All right. Honestly, you too. Um, I've watched President Barack Obama play basketball. I'm going to say this publicly. I think his game is trash. Uh, confirm for his age, for his uh, age? you don't think it's good for, for his, no for any age his, his left-handed he had that's what i do no that's not what you usually do he is miss he cast that on that though he cast that on that yeah, yeah, anybody, in the, in the yeah, suit okay. jacket and all that like you gotta give him come some on, love on that all right, all right, y'all. I'm telling you, I didn't work the side and worked with the Pistons and been on the sideline in the suits and tried to throw. I'm airball, airball, shouty over here. So I had to give him some respect to have on the collar shirt with the little members only jacket and he cashed that thing out and walked off. But this is what I do. I had to respect. I, I thought that was fly. And my res my respect for him is he's 50 years old running up and down the court. So he, you know, a lot of 50 yeah, year olds. I ain't that far from it. So like in 10 years, I expect you be you to be able to. My I have a, a buddy named Rex Chapman who's still out there. That's my man. That's one of my. That's drink. my guy. Block the charge. Yeah, he's older than both of you. It can still drain that jumper. I dare people to challenge him. But I never said that I couldn't still drain that jumper. I never said that. I can to totally still drain the jumper. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, you mentioned Detroit. I recently saw Shannon Sharp and Isaiah Thomas talking about the last dance. Mm -hmm. And Isaiah didn't know Michael felt that way, which I'm calling BS right here. I'm calling BS on that. How could you not know? We all knew. Everyone knew. How could he not know? Without there being a, I don't want to create beef because I think there's no time and room for that. As you watched The Last Dance and you saw the portrayal of Isaiah Thomas in that, through Michael's lens, and his that's his story, so he has a right. Are you, did you talk to Isaiah? Have you talked to Isaiah? Is he on your list of people that you're going to talk to? We had, we had Isaiah on, uh, not last season, season before last, but, uh, Zeke, that's my man. That's that's my OG, one of my uh you know, one of my mentors. He's from Chicago, somebody I looked up to and still, you know, looked up to. When it comes to the whole him and MJ conversation, man, those are those are those are legends and Hall of Famers. And I I, I let them deal with that. But I, I love Isaiah. I got nothing bad to say about Isaiah. He he was he was unbelievable to me and my family in one of the darkest times of my life. And um, I got nothing bad to say about Isaiah. And everybody obviously knows how I feel about MJ. So I let that be with them and they deal with that. Everybody, I don't have to have an opinion on that because I love them both. Perfect answer, Quentin. Real, real, ballers, and real ballers know what Isaiah was. Like, we don't look at Isaiah as a villain. I think that's more of a fan thing or what it is. We look at Isaiah as he was one of the dogs, if not the best point guard to ever play the game. One so, of the best ever. So we. That's how we look at them. Uh, I, I agree. I can, I'm not a real baller, but I concur with both of you. Um, we're, we're in a special time. Uh, I think this is history. We're in history right now. And um, with the pandemic, racial unrest, you know, the whole upheaval with our elections, um, how much of that are you bringing to, to the knuckleheads this season? 
I mean, that was obviously something that was on a lot of people's hearts. So, I mean, that's something that we absolutely talked about with a lot of the guests uh, this past season. I mean, because the last season was was kind of corresponding as that was going along. So we kind of took a deeper dive into it this past season. But it still came up in a couple of conversations during this season. So, I mean, we 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 let the conversation go where it is, go where it goes. And we don't try and deter it or, or stir away from anything. We we talk about the things that, that everybody want to talk about and, and what's going on. How how are both of you and your families dealing uh, with this? Blessed, very blessed, very blessed. Because we uh we realize right now, like you said, this is this is a different time in the country in America. Uh, me and Darius ourselves, the knuckleheads, we putting on a, a food drive here in Orlando to you know try and impact the community because we know I mean hunger is something that goes on year round all the time. But I mean right now with with the with the you know situation in, in the country and the, uh, what's going on as far as COVID and people not being able to work, we know it's a bigger bigger need for that. So uh, we try to just do our part and, and help out. And let's talk a little bit about money. You know, um, both of you had uh, opportunities, and and I think about the the almost unfairness of giving an 18, 19, 21, 20 year old millions and millions of dollars without any. You know, of course you have your managers, your business managers, and things like that. But, and then your career, you're not, you know, like most of us, we work until we retire. You guys retire in your thirties right. and you got the rest of your life, not making that same money, but having that lifestyle, that adjustment, you know, maybe going broke. I look at Antoine Walker and so many others. Scotty Pippen had that whole thing with his money being stolen. Even Tim wow. Duncan, you think much. about that. Yeah, you, Darius Miles, talk about it a little bit. Uh, it's just like, you know, when you're coming out there young and a lot of people, it's not just the kids' fault. It's like their family don't have financial literacy, you know, and that's something you learn. With me, I had to go all the way to the bottom of the barrel to come all the way back up at the top. Uh, Q say this all the time with the show and we bringing out the show. It's like we we got drafted over again, you know, with all the success that we having with the show. And it's, it's just like now I'm smarter now. Now I want to know more information. Now I want to know in detail of where my money's going, uh, what I'm spending on it, uh, budgeting my bills. This is stuff that I didn't have to do when I first came out. I had financial advisors and other people paying my bills, but I feel like now me being a man and and knowing, and, and that was one of the things that hurt me the most when I really realized that 30 some years old that I wasn't a man and I had millions of dollars. It's like you let yourself down, but now it's like, I, I want to know the details. I want to know about me. I want to know all about me. And, it's, it, and financial literacy is something that you definitely got to like invest your time into. Craziest oh. thing you spent money on in your 20s Ooh. that, yeah, that you were like, I want that back. I wish I could not. I Plenty. Could do that. Plenty. It's what year? No, <laughs> no, no, plenty. And and you like that's from somebody that didn't have to, you know, uh meet the worst circumstances to wake up. So I mean, I think that's it's funny what you said. You said you know, we got drafted, he was 18, I was 19, you know, we come into these millions at that age, right? I would challenge a 45-year-old to get dropped with the bag and you see how he works out. You see how it goes for them. Like if they had a, a social experiment and you want, cause I mean, I, I I get defensive when I hear people talk about us athletes in that manner, because it's like, it's almost triple worse for us. Because if you give an adult, a 40, 50 year old person, 
who's never had any money and you get them 40 million or 10 million dollars let's see where they come out with it in five oh, we already years. know um, the lottery everybody that has hit the lotto the vast majority of them end up broke remember the guy that had five million bucks he was broke i mean that's like there's a study already been done on people who hit the lotto you're right which tells you in this country financial literacy should be part of the junior high school high school you should know money by the time you graduate from high school because it's the most important aspect of your life even if you're not a star athlete that's yeah. why i salute the nba the nba from i mean if you look at where we came in in 2000 to where they are now with, with, with giving these resources to the players. And I was, like I said, I was in 2016, I was director of player development for the Pistons. So I know in, in detail how much the league is doing and the resources that are being put there to be put in place for financial literacy, whatever you want. Anything you could think of, they trying to put it at their fingertips. So as far as like, you know what I'm saying, financial plans, putting different type of uh, plans in place for them, uh, post-retirement, like right after you retire, they got they got different funds for everything now. It's, they trying to make it impossible for us to go broke. So I salute and commend the NBA and the NBPA because they working together on that. And they, like, from where it was in 2000 when we first got drafted to where it is now for these kids, it's unbelievable. Of all the sports leagues, the NBA has created an environment for men to become real men. I think it's the best sports league in the, in the history of sports. And and the players, but y'all pushed it. Y'all pushed them into that. You know, it doesn't happen if the players don't draw a line in the sand. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have so much respect for the NBA men because they show up in a way that I haven't seen other athletes in other sports leagues show up fully. Mm -hmm. Only thing I would challenge you that is the WNBA. Now the WNBA well, yeah, doesn't. Yes. They, don't, they don't. They don't. They don't get as much credit, but they were. They were bar none, full-fledged, out in front about everything. And obviously, they aren't the bigger league, but, but the WNBA... But even you saying that, even you saying that makes my point, because we're in a patriarchy. We're in a male-driven society, but that you spoke up for the women yeah. tells speaks to what this... You know, when I think about Kobe with Gigi, and I think about, you know, how y'all, you know, all of the NBA players would show up during the WNBA playoffs. And even during this pandemic and the racial thing, the women led, you had women lead their careers to, to go fight for justice, you yeah. know, and they, they're not making the millions of dollars, like you said. So yeah, the WNBA, but when I say that, I'm also considering them in this, with you know, us, in terms yeah, of NBA. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the priorities for us. Like one of the priorities was to have WNBA women on our show to show how special they are, what they mean to basketball in the general, like, all basketball is the same, men and women. They all go to the same Hall of Fame. So one of the things that when we came into it, it was like, we got to get the dopest WNBA women. <laughs> First season, it wasn't like we, we came straight out the gate. First season, we got we got to have certain people. And like, you know, like we had Cappy Pondex because she's from Chicago and she's somebody who we all grew up together playing and like she's a legend. So it made sense. We got to put Chicago somebody we know right up there first and she she represented the females i love it all right who's on your mount rushmore darius of of ballers all time uh my mount rushmore is jordan kobe shaq kareem and lebron that's not bad that's not a bad mount rushmore same for you q you got who would you switch out Say that That's again. 
Jordan, Kobe, Shaq, Kareem, and LeBron. I would, I would, I would switch. I would switch Shaq and put Magic. Okay, you can't go. You know the beauty is you really can't go wrong because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and people have been arguing this. Mostly people who can't play. So there's that. You know, <laughs> they argue like y'all don't even know how to play this game. How do you know who would do what? And time is everything, right? So people say, you know, when Russell and Wilt and them were playing, it was harder because the game was restricted and you couldn't be your full self. You know, and that Wilt put up a hundred points, but he put it up against an inferior crop of players. You know we would say, right? I call it a, the affirmative action years for, for white folk in the NBA. And now, you know, could could a Wilt play today or a Bill Russell who won all those championships as a player and a coach in Boston, could they play to, you know, Oscar Robertson, could they play in this league? I think those particular people absolutely could because those were some of the greatest athletes of, of any any time, of any era. Like those those names you, you say, Oscar Robertson, Wilt, and, and um, who was the last one? Uh, Bill Russell. Bill Russell. Yeah, those were like some of the greatest athletes of all time. So I, I absolutely feel that they could have played. But when it comes, like a, a lot of things that I get here with, because I say Shaq is the best, big, like the most dominant big man of all time. I don't, I don't feel like any of them could have dealt with his force and his strength and his dominance and his prime. Mm-hmm. Well, he was breaking backboards on a regular. Yes, he was. All right. Last question before I let you guys go. Um, you know, as as we're looking at the, the playing field and, and knuckleheads, what's next? This is the hard question. What's next for knuckleheads? Uh, we got a lot more next. Uh, we got other shows that we want to put under our belt. We got uh, movies. We got TV shows. Movies? Uh, Hold on. Let me write that down. That's yeah, a lot we, we feel like our story is a movie. Like, where else can you go find where you got two guys that met each other in seventh and ninth grade you know, they go on, we play AU together, then we know each other through our high school, go to college, we come out of college, we we announce we're going to the draft the same year, we get the same agent, we wind up getting drafted to the same team after living together and working out together to go to the draft, we get drafted the same team, then we play together, then we had this whole career, knowing each other the whole career, he, he marries my cousin at one point, <laughs> so then we retire, now you loop all the way back around. We both go through life and have our ups and downs in our life. And now you reconnect 20 years later. And it's, it's, it's really off something that the fans love that we did. That's the name of everything we're doing. And it's like, you can't, you can't make it up. Like, that's what people like, the chemistry and, and, and what you see is, is organic. If you saw us riding a bus or on an airplane together, you would see the exact same thing you see on the show. If you would, you, you didn't even speak to us. You just saw us in the airport. You would see me trying to trip him, him hitting me in the head, messing with each other, cracking jokes, and being exactly what we are all the time. Like, to his kids, I'm Uncle Q. To my kids, he Uncle D. And that's just, you, you can't, you know what I'm saying? You can't really make it up. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm going to have to spend my holiday weekend going down a rabbit hole of knuckleheads. I thank I thank y'all for doing this and you know for showing up, showing up real. You know, this is important. We need we need this connection and you guys are just amazing.